You're listening to Geographical Thinking, where ideas, stories, and conversations are shared through the lens of geography. I'm your host, Guan Yu. In the pandemic, many parents are overwhelmed by working at home and juggling homeschooling. Encouraging young children to learn while they are cooped up and away from friends is difficult. Pauline Raymond and Mike Grigoski engaged their two sons, Carter, age 10, and Nolan, age 6, with GIS and the wonders of geography. Colleen is a digital marketing manager and her husband, Mike, leads a team in technology adoption, both here at Esri Canada. Welcome to Geographical Thinking, Colleen and Mike. Thanks, Juan. Juan. How are you two doing now? This is the third lockdown in Toronto. How are you holding up? We're, we're doing okay. I think that's... Uh... I think the the answer we like to use is pandemic fine. We're we're doing as best as we can during the pandemic. Everyone's healthy. Everyone is at home. Colleen and I have both had our first vac- vaccine doses, so that's good. And the, the kids are doing doing uh, as well as they can with online learning. Sounds sounds really good given how pandemic goes. So I heard during the pandemic, you two engaged your two boys, Carter and Nolan, grade five and grade one. Uh, to create a story map, you know, bringing a story of your family trip to this geographical context. Tell us more about it. Sure, Guan. The to put it in context, during the during the first lockdown uh, at March break, uh, obviously the schools were closed for March break, but we knew schools were going to be closed for at least two weeks later. Um, little did we know it would be much longer than that, and everyone was at home and while we're home, we're all learning more about COVID-19 every day. So to deflect from these, these fears, mainly from the, the kids, we were still, we, uh, we would talk a lot about our Disney World vacation that we had just had in February. So even though oh, it was, lucky. yeah, we were, we were quite fortunate. We got it in. We had friends who ended up uh, canceling trips um, shortly thereafter who did not get to take their uh, dream that we'd been planning in our case for well over a year and a half. And um, so we use this to deflect from, uh, you know, the fears of the pandemic. We would talk about it quite, quite often. So um, when we were, we had to occupy the kids' time, essentially, during, during this first lockdown, there was no remote learning. We, we still had to work. Uh, we also knew that we wanted to document our, our trip to, to Disney World in some way, shape, or form. And uh, one of the things that was going to happen was we were going to do a photo book. And uh, how's that going, Colleen? Still in the works. Still in the works. Actually, so. It's ready to print. I just haven't printed it yet. <laughs> I've, I've, seen, I've seen the draft. It's actually, it, it's, it's pretty good. But um, we figured a great exercise for the kids would be, uh, since there was a whole geographic context to our Disney World trip, that we would use uh, an ArcGIS story map to, to document the trip. New ArcGIS story maps had, had just come out. It was a new way, well, not a new way, but a enhanced way to use the power of maps to tell engaging stories. So this this really seemed like the perfect solution. The kids were familiar with it. They they've seen them before. I wanted to learn more about the new um, the new story maps. So we really started a process that we scheduled into everyone to every uh, school well what we call a school day. So for one hour a day, I would sit down with the kids and we started the whole process of what do we want to tell in the story. So we 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 didn't even look at a we didn't even look at the technology at this point. We just got out a whiteboard and we would start to sketch out each of the parks we visited, what, 
what day we were doing things on. Uh, and we determined that it would be a day-by-day account of the trip. So, so this is an afterthought um, of, the, of the trip. You didn't do planning before or during the trip to say, I'm going to record the places I go visit so that I'm going to turn it into a story map. It's more of an afterthought of what do we make the best out of it now we're in pandemic. That, that's pretty much that's pretty much exactly it. It was uh, a bit of out of I don't want to say necessity, but it was what what can we do and what you know what how can we make this fun? How can we revisit mm-hmm. something we've done? And it, it really turned into a fun process. So as we determined it would be a day by day account, the kids would choose their favorite things from each day. We would record that. So for instance, when we went to Magic Kingdom, Nolan's favorite part of the park was the Tomorrowland Speedway, which is a very loud go-kart uh, smelling gasoline type type ride. Carter liked the Barnstormer. And they would they would choose the photos that would go along with each of the parts of the story. And that, that took quite a long time to go through what photo they wanted. And then the, the real geographic component of it came into it where we'd find the locations on the base map and we'd have to say, well, how close do we want to zoom in to get the right amount of detail? which base map should we use? And often we would use the imagery base maps. And, and then to follow up, we would you know, do a little research as well. Let's get a link to a video from the Disney site for more information on the park. So, or that part of the park. So, so at the end, they, we had this final product that they were really proud of. We, we showed it to their teachers and the, the teachers just loved it, both Carter and Nolan's teacher. And we, we even showed it to our travel agent who was fantastic and she, she just loved it as well. So in the end, like, born out of necessity, but it was a really great process that we really enjoyed doing. What are the parts that the kids are very hands-on? What are the parts that they are driving the content creation uh, versus you are calling? The, um, really the driving the content creation is, you, we would just have to steer them down the, sort of the road of, okay, let's, let's take a look at this part of the, the park and, and let's start, start to think about what we wanna, what we wanna accomplish here. And then, once it comes into like, okay, let's open up the, um, the folder that's got all the, the images, which ones do you want to pick? And then, you know, let's try and find this part on the map. So it, it would just take that general steering of where they want to, you know, where you want it to go. And then they would take over really from mm-hmm. there, which, which made, it, um, made it a fun process. And sometimes you even have to settle a little bit of an argument about what's going to go in and what's not. So. Was it hard to sell the boys um, technology and geography? What do you do to get them interested in this project? Uh, I'll, I'll take that one, Gwen. I think uh, we've, you know, as geographers, of course, we're both inherently interested in maps and geography. And there isn't, there isn't much that we do without a map, without looking at a map first. So, um you know, we, we started the process a long time ago, just getting them interested in, in maps and geography and not necessarily GIS in particular, but just understanding the world and looking at maps of the world. So um, from a really young age, we had a map of the world place map for Carter. Um, and we used to, you know, we would teach him the countries and he, he picked up on it really quickly. So we just kept adding more and more countries and smaller and smaller countries to his I guess you could say repertoire of places he knew. Um, So just to help him understand the world, right? And understand how far are we from this place or 
you know, when, when you hear about places uh, and people talk about places and my parents like to travel a lot. So when they were traveling, we would talk about where are Nana and Grandpa now? And we would, you know, look at the map and see how far away they were and how far was their plane ride and all that sort of thing. So just to just to give them that understanding. So they they've sort of always had that interest. Um, I mean, the other thing we do is whenever we drive anywhere, we look at a road map and it's kind of old school right but we don't use the you know we'll look on our phones but we don't necessarily use the turn by turn directions on our phones we'll we'll look at the map and we'll follow the map and we'll give them the map books that we have in the car and they can see how far along we are um one of carter's favorite road signs is up near aurelia and it's got a how far is it to you know thunder bay and rainy river on it and it's like thousands of kilometers and he thinks it's hilarious so you know just just that understanding of distance and and travel um as well you know i think it's just that general awareness of of geography and of maps um and uh you know when we go hiking or we go camping we we always look at the maps of the campground we send them on scavenger hunts around the campground with the map um and they have to find different things just you know trying to occupy them but also you know giving them that awareness of of maps and geography that's impressive how that geography is everywhere in their life and they have that nature inclination to pick up more about it so Colleen just as a follow-up question um what are you hoping by you know teaching them and introducing them geography at such a young age what will it equip them to do for their future development and education the skills that they picked on Yeah, of course, because we're geographers, we hope that they'll uh, become geographers too. <laughs> not, not, not entirely, but in all seriousness, we do hope that it, it gives them a better understanding of, you know, the world and of the geographic basis of the world's problems and how, you know, ultimately, maybe not today, but ultimately how GIS can help solve those problems. So the things, you know, we're, we hear about every day at work, um, you know, just, just hoping to give them some of that understanding and also just an interest in the world, right? In traveling mm-hmm. to other countries, in learning about other cultures, um, and just in, in understanding that the world exists beyond, you know, the streets that we walk every day these days in our, in our little community, right? That there is mm-hmm. so much more, um, available to learn in the world and then just how that spatial literacy and how that geography can come into play to to answer so many questions. Yeah. And as they enter school, have you done any activities or projects kind of introducing that geography concept of geography and GIS into their classroom and their curriculum? I can um, I can t- talk to that one there, Guan. So we we have done that. Um, like I guess we've done that a few times before the before the pandemic. So when Carter was in grade one, uh, they were studying in his uh, his class. They were studying community and uh, what was going on, like in their community, sort of at a, a nice. Uh, nice uh, small scale there. So we spoke to the teacher, we offered to go in and do a, a lesson for the, the class. So in preparation for that, we spoke with Gene Tong, who's in our education team at, um, at Esri Canada, got a better understanding of the curriculum and what sort of things we could show. So uh, they were doing a lot of work um, within like part of the community looking at sort of what's natural versus what's built up areas. So we went in and set up a lesson with uh, 
you know, brought up a map, one of um, one of the online maps, and showed them different landmarks, recognizing this is the school. And then we would start talking about what was a, a natural area. So the school is quite near uh, the Humber River. So we looked at the Humber River and uh, how it meanders around, and uh, the different parks around the around the river. And then we'd start looking at the roads and looking at the differences there. And then it was fun to start looking at other built up areas. It was interesting even for me to see that a lot of the bigger buildings in our area, like the different stores have solar panels on them. So they got to see that as well. Their, their school has solar panels. They were doing a, a solar panel project at the time. So that was, that was a pretty interesting tie-in as well. So they also, um, you know, the kids want to see their houses on the, on the map too. So we did a little fun exercise where they, they said their address. We went in and we, we, Brought it up on the map and uh, as a little sidebar we we quickly saw which kids were not in the district so that was kind of neat to see who was uh who was getting into the school the um sort of the the back doorway and that that was fun so we, we did a lesson like that uh which was which was a lot of fun and now um not now but even after that when carter would start to work on projects now uh or again in the past when he was in grade two he did um they had to do a presentation based on an object in that object's country of origin. So this was, uh, he had uh, this wooden flute, this small wooden flute that his grandparents brought back from Chile on a trip a few years back. And so we figured, okay, let's learn about Chile. So he had to learn about facts about, uh, you know, the climate. He had to learn about uh, the population, what sort of food they eat, the kind of sports they play, a little bit about the culture and what the people people what they wear so most kids did posters but for carter's presentation he did a story map so that was uh, when he was in grade two when he was in grade two it was a it was a little simpler but it told it got all the points across we had a few interactive maps had the flag of chile had um, a chilean rodeo going on in one of the slides which was a lot of fun and it was it was great because i I sent the link into the to his teacher and she thought this was fantastic and she's like He's and how much this. of that story map would you say that he did by himself? Like how, how much of a parent help did he have versus he, his own effort? It was, it was probably back then, maybe 50, 50. It took a little more, a uh, little more coaching because uh, you know, typing out the words using uh, the, it was in French too. So um, not, not trying to, not trying to pile on the parental bragging here, but uh, you know, working with the French keyboard and so on is a little different, but you know, he would go out and find the, the Chilean map. He wanted to see what sports they were playing. He was quite interested to see, uh, you know, pictures of uh, soccer, tennis and the, the rodeo. So it probably about 50, 50 in that case. Wow. I'm really impressed. How about the little one? Did Nolan uh, bring, have any opportunity of bringing his, geographic knowledge that he learned from home to his classroom. He did. He's only at grade one. Yeah, actually he did. And it was a couple of years ago when he was in junior kindergarten. So kids are four-ish. And um, in kindergarten, the curriculum is very play-based student. um, I want to say student directive, but teachers take the lead from student interests. So some of the students in his class, not him, but some of the other kids had started drawing their own maps during some of their coloring time. And the teachers really took the took that and ran with it. So they started looking at um, bringing in all kinds of different uh, paper maps and things to show the kids. And we, in that, gr- in that class, they had um, a photo application where we could see pictures of what the kids were doing during the day. And 
Mike and I one day thought, oh my gosh, they're looking at maps. Like we need to go and we need to go and share this with them. So we talked to the teachers again and they were like, absolutely come in and tell us more about maps. So we kept it fairly simple for them just talking about we made a story map um, that just looked at the different types of maps so and how maps could be used in different ways so they'd really been looking at road maps so of course that's one way that we all know to use a map but we looked at um, maps of mars we looked at nautical charts we looked at uh, 3d maps we looked at some roadmaps and then the biggest hit with the kids was the superhero map uh, that we'd found a story map that someone else had created that showed where all the superheroes were from. So that was a huge hit, of course, with four and five year olds. Uh, they were pretty excited to explore the different uh home turfs of the of the superheroes so yeah there are even a few from Canada so <laughs> it was uh it was pretty fun what's the next project that you're thinking about that you want to do together with the boys or maybe with their class summer's just around the corner as um as we know here and it's um the weather's been fantastic so given the Given the uncertainty of what the summer camp situation is, I'm starting to think about possible projects or we're starting to think about possible projects that they can do. So I think it's out, it's time for um, time for outdoor field collection or data collection. So Colleen mentioned we're, we're doing a lot of walks in our neighborhood. And uh, when we go for our walks, we, um, we often see these little libraries that you might be familiar with. So these, um, if uh, these little libraries are essentially um, these book. It's a book sharing initiative where people at sort of at the end of their um, end of their property, close to the sidewalk, they have these little on wooden posts, these boxes which look like these little libraries, and it opens up a little door and it's glass and it might be a shelf or two, mm -hmm. and you can um, you can take a book or or leave a book. I'm uh, I'm guilty of being more of a take a book kind of guy, but um, we're when we're going for our walks, we've um, noticed how many there are, but we can never remember what streets they're on. So we'll be out walking and I'll be thinking, isn't there a little library on this street? And Carter will say, no, it's the next street over, Dad. And sure enough, he's off and right. So I figured it would be a real fun uh, chance here to use a, type, like a quick capture type project where we could set up a little data collection, use our phones. And as we go out, we can collect information like the... Uh, obviously the location of each library, what size is it? There's different things we can include, like is it one shelf or two? Do they have any cool features? Like uh, some of them are quite ornate and one, there's some that look like birdhouses and that's some, that's kind of neat. And then we could take a photo of it. So this would get us uh, involved, maybe get us exploring the neighborhood a little bit bigger. And then we could start to build this, uh, build this map from the ground up of all these, um, all these fun little locations that have these little, uh, these little libraries. And I think they, I think they'd get a kick out of it. Yeah, and it sounds like will be a wonderful resource for the community, for other families and the kids to know on a map, interactive map of where these mobile or small libraries are. That's great. We could uh, we could put that up on like the neighborhood Facebook uh, page, and there you go. Everybody go out and grab a book. Why do you value teaching geographical concept and spatial literacy at a young age through these home activities? You know, there there is the spatial the spatial literacy. There is the space the the spatial knowledge, knowing what's going on. Um, everything is you know really connected uh, through through geography. And a lot of the issues that you have in the world are you know geography related. So just having that greater knowledge of geography is um, is is such a is such a huge asset to have as you're growing up and is just you know being part of being part of the world.
I, I think I would, the thing I would add to that is just because we've been able to um, start introducing these concepts and things at a young age, uh, as you said, Guan, uh, it just becomes second nature to them. Um, like learning another language, learning a second language or a third language at a young age, right? They just, they just pick it up and they don't even think about it. So they put things into that context that Mike was talking about without even realizing it just because they've been exposed to so many different things. Um, at, le at least that's our hope, right? <laughs> so we hope will happen. <laughs> so there are parents out there in our listener groups who at this point might think, including myself, oh gosh, how wonderful all of the things you've done with your kids, you know, instill the, the, instill the knowledge of geography in their daily life and starting at such a young age, but not everyone is so equipped with the geographical knowledge as you two. You two have been in the industry for a long time and you've been practicing it every day. So how about let's share, each one of you share one resource that a non-GIS parents or parents who don't work with the technology and geography on a daily basis can use at home teaching their kids about modern geography with their kids. Let's start with you, Mike. Sure. The, um, so, yeah, thinking, you know, a lot of parents that don't have that geographical, um, you know, um, uh, base that we have. One place I'd suggest they, they check out is this really fun site. It's called entertainmaps.com. Uh, you can also follow this, um, this person on Twitter. And this is essentially a website and the theme is where sports, television and pop culture pop culture meet uh, meet geography so what um what he's done is he's put together these really interesting maps but they explore like the geographical context of a lot of different things in pop culture so uh for instance he's done maps that chronicle like all the different locations in new york that uh, where ghostbusters took place or uh, jurassic park it was filmed in hawaii so he has this interesting map about jurassic park and all the locations where all this beautiful scenery is done so it allows the you to understand like hey these are you know all of these places that your kids may have heard of or seen or that you've really enjoyed you can start to check out um start to check out and understand like hey this was done here this happened here oh look this is you know this is how far this is from here and something that they they already know right right now um well not right now but just recently the um the masters just happened the golf um, golf tournament down in georgia and entertain maps has a master's story map that chronicles the the story of the masters and there's a a map that goes from hole to hole and talks about how each hole is named after a flower since it used to be a nursery so um i'm kind of um showing my excitement about but that's carter's favorite map in the world right now because it goes through each of these holes and he understands he sees it on tv he can see it on the map he understands how far these distances are from tita hole or uh with the Stanley Cup playoffs are um, just underway. Nolan loves hockey. So there's a Stanley Cup winning cities map that also um, can do. So these are, this is a nice way to kind of get your kids interested to something that they're probably already interested in. And then they can understand the, the geographical component of it. And it makes it just a fun, interesting, um, a fun, interesting way to get them excited about geography. So that's entertainmaps.com. That's right. Yeah. Check, check him out. He's um, very, very I, uh, fun maps. First website to go after this recording. How about you, Colleen? 
I think my biggest tip is to always take the free maps when you visit attractions. So whether it's the Toronto Zoo or any zoo, doesn't, obviously we, we visit the Toronto Zoo, but any local zoo, any local attraction, theme parks, Canada's Wonderland, uh, you know, for us, it was Disney to take the free maps, let the kids look at them. Um, we've been doing that for a long time, you know, um, and they love because they, often those maps are kind of fun and they'll have um, drawings on them and things like that. Like the zoo map is really fun. There's pictures of all the animals. So that keeps their interest that way. Uh, and then they can understand where you're going. Okay, if we need to get to this pavilion, how do we get there? Um, the first day that we arrived in Disney, we went to Animal Kingdom and we grabbed the map as soon as we walked into the park and Carter took it and he said, I'm your navigator. And he's, I'm going to get you around the park today. So he opened up the map and he's like, okay, we need to go here. We need to go there. And didn't necessarily last the whole day, but um, you know, the interest, the interest was certainly there. So we actually took those maps from Disney and we brought them home and they they were still looking at them days and weeks later and i thought these are going to get wrecked they're thin paper so i took them to staples and i had them laminated and now there are placemats so the world the world map sometimes gets pushed aside in favor of the disney map placemat so they still look at them right so they're they just like to rem you know for us it's part of remembering the trip but it's also that that understanding of how to get there from here so uh that's my biggest tip i mean just just take those maps look at them share them with the kids don't just have the parents be the ones who are looking at where we're going and and whatnot and um you know, similarly, maybe there isn't always a paper version that you can take, but when you go for a hike, look at the board with the map um, before you start. Um, even when you get off the subway or, you know, throughout the city, sometimes there's the shopping malls, there's those you are here maps, right? Yeah. Um, so just just look at those and start start looking at those with the kids and introducing them to those to those concepts. I love that immersing them in wayfinding to put them in that geographic context so they start to learn. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Colleen and Mike. Thank you for coming on to Geographical Thinking and sharing your family story. And I hope together by sharing these resources, we'll grow more and more little geographical thinkers who will be future leaders in our world. Thanks for having us, Guan. Thanks, Guan. This was fun. Colleen Raymond and Mike Gurgoski, longtime GIS community members, sharing how growing geospatial literacy can be made easy enough for young children. If you want to see the story map the family built or find the teaching resources mentioned in Colleen and Mike's conversation, we included the links in the description on the podcast webpage and description below. Before I go, I want to encourage you to enter our Esri Canada 2022 map calendar contest. If you've made a beautiful map, using Esri software and want to share it with the GIS community, go to esri.ca slash calendar for a chance to have your work featured in our 2022 print calendar. The deadline for submission is July the 16th. If you want to find out more about GIS, Esri's user conference is coming up on July the 12th. In the past, it featured global thought leaders such as Jane Goodow and Jeff Sachs, not to mention a wealth of user stories from all over the world. Register the plenary session for free at esri.com uc. This podcast is brought to you by Esri Canada, a technology company that empowers people and organizations by the science of where. 
Bye for now.